Good evening, hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Megabus to the Ritz. <laughs> uh, I'm only laughing because I can see what I'm about to say next, and to you, listen to this for the first time, it's going to make no sense at all. But maybe by the end of the episode, it will make some kind of sense. So let me start again without laughing at my myself. Good evening, and welcome to episode 13 of Megabus to the Ritz. Great news! Balloon Bungalow is back! Balloon Bungalow! Wait, what's a balloon bungalow? I hear you scream into your own necks. <laughs> Can you scream into your own neck? I think, actually, I think I do it sometimes when I'm running. Like, do you, have you ever noticed you're running sometimes and suddenly someone will just turn around and look at you and you hadn't made a noise? Like you hadn't coughed or asked them to move. They just suddenly turned and looked at you? Maybe that's because... Without knowing it, you've been screaming. <laughs> screaming into your own neck. Anyway, let's get back on topic. What is the balloon bungalow? Well, let me tell you the story. It begins in the summer, two years ago. It was a Saturday morning and the sun poured like hot coins onto our sloping garden in Llanetli. I'm feeling very poetic today. Uh, we not long moved here from Cardiff and I think we were outside saying things like, West is best. And then I was thinking, hang on, this is basically Swansea, so southwest is best. Anyway, we were happy, we were wearing shorts, and we were rubbing sun cream on a one-year-old baby. <laughs> but don't don't worry, it was our own baby. We're not we're not absolutely insane. Um so yeah, we were rubbing sun cream on the, on our son, and in between like the clanking of ice cubes and a giant jug of squash and the distant tinkle of kids playing in the fields below, we could hear the short sharp sound of a ventilator coming from the garden to our right. It, it was weird. It threw up this bizarre mix of the old and the new. The new was my myself and my wife and our little boy. Uh, and the old was the elderly neighbour next door who appeared to be on some kind of breathing apparatus. Well, they weren't actually next door. It's kind of, this is like a street running perpendicular, but they garden backs onto ours. So the front, the house itself was like an, on another street, but the garden backed onto it. You know what I mean? Anyway, that... That detail is is vital for later on. <laughs> anyway, I just kept I kept looking at the garden and I saw the washing line and it had seriously now it had like one flat cap drying on it and I just thought to myself, poor guy, you know, poor guy, having to look after his sick wife. We're out here having the time of our lives, and I just kept hearing that sound like that. It was like a. Is that that's quite a good impression? But it was that kind of sound, and we heard it a lot over the next couple of days. And each time I heard it, it made me feel really sad. But don't worry about it. This is not a sad story. Fear not. There's no room for sadness on the Megabus, okay? If you if you want that sort of thing, if, if you want to feel bummed out and miserable, you can catch a train to the Megabus. That, that will guarantee that you feel sad. But this is the, this is the Megabus, right? There's, there's no sadness here. Anyway, um, on one particularly hot day, I decided to go out for a jog, right? <laughs> Bearing in mind, I was five stone heavier back then, so running felt like playing Twister on Jupiter with a mouthful of thick slices of ham. <laughs> so I turned left, come up our street, and I jogged past a bungalow where the ventilator sounds are coming from. Well, let me tell you, mega bicycles, I had the most pleasant surprise there. It wasn't a ventilator we could hear. No, 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 it wasn't. It was a helium pump. 
and whoever lived in that bungalow blew up party balloons for a living. The front room was full of numbers from one to nine, swaying in the breeze from the open window like palm trees. The kitchen had a smiley face emoji balloon and a giant Spider-Man floating above the sink. It, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I stopped. I had to stop to take... I mean, I wanted to stop anyway. I'd only run 30 or 40 metres, but I wanted to stop anyway. But I stopped. And I took it all in. I was looking at these balloons. And I was like, that, I can't, like how, how wrong could I have been? That, that's the amazing thing. Like, I just made my own assumption about this house. But how wrong could I have been? This, this is... This, there's no one struggling here. This is like, this is party central. This is where they make parties. So I was standing there looking at the house and the old man came out with a flat cap on and he says to me, oh, he says, good morning. I say, good morning to you. And I don't know what where this came from, but I just said, it's quite, I don't know. I've, I've never done it before. I've never met a stranger and given their house a name. That's a, quite a bizarre thing to do unless you're like a highly skilled postman. But I said to this guy, I said, good morning. Um, I guess this is Balloon Bungalow. He laughed and he said, you know, yeah, I guess it is. And then <laughs> his wife walks down the drive behind him carrying an inflatable Donald Trump with a nappy on. I think it was like when he was doing, it must be about the time he visited London. And they made that giant Donald Trump with a nappy on and his wife was carrying a miniature version. Obviously for some, it must have been for some kind of office party or something. And she stuffed into the boot into the boot of the Corsa and said, right, I'm going back inside to get Spider-Man. And this was so nice. The old man turned to her and he said, I think he said to me and her, I'm the only superhero around here. Now, we live in a very different world to the one we lived in two years ago, don't we? It's like so much has changed in the in the past couple of weeks. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling, like I talked about last week. Um, I mean, like just, just here where I am in this house, for starters, like on the weekends, I don't hear any games going on in the field below the house. You know, there's usually like, there's a good couple of football fields and rugby fields down there. I usually hear like a couple of games going on. Just just the sound of people having a good time. That's just all stopped. There's nothing. Um, and the other day, I just went out the back. I went out the garden just to hear my neighbours pumping up party balloons, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I made myself a cup of tea and I went out on the deck in course uh i stood on the deck in hoping to hear them pumping up some party balloons just so i could tell myself look there's still parties going on people are still having fun in their own homes of course but there was nothing it was it was nothing it was just total silence um and i was like kind of <laughs> looking over the hedge because they pump up their party balloons in the back of the house this is one thing i've learned they pump up the balloons in the back of the house when the weather's good they sometimes pump them up outside and then they store them at the front of the house. So I was hoping I could see them maybe getting the equipment ready ready to pump up some balloons. It was nothing. Like I could just see them in the house sitting down. And it was it was horrible. It was horrible. And I really started missing uh balloon bungalow. Just just I mean, the house is still there. Don't get me wrong, the house hasn't disappeared. They're not living on deck chairs at the garden. The house is still there. But for me, it's not balloon bungalow until the balloons are back. Uh, and you know what? They are back because I ran past the house on Friday and I saw a couple of uh, happy face emoji balloons in the front room and I saw a 16th birthday balloon and it just made me feel so happy. <laughs> and it reminded me, honestly, it reminded me of um, when you've had like a devastating forest fire, and everything's just burnt and gone and you see these little shoots of fresh grass emerging from a forest fire and you know that the soil there is like more nutrient rich than it was before and whatever's growing is going to be stronger and better <laughs> balloon bungalow honestly made me think that 
life is going to blossom again after this. As soon as, as soon as this is all over, we're going to get back to normal and it's probably going to be better than it was before because I think, and I'm going to discuss in this, this episode, I think we're going to take a lot on board and things are going to change. So thank you very much, Balloon Bungalow. Thank you for the hope you offer me at this time. You have no idea who I am. You probably just think that I'm that rude, bald guy who just waltzed up to you. I didn't waltz. I marched. I mean, more like a march. No, I didn't even march. I just stand in it. That's even worse. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. You just came out your house and I was just standing at the end of the drive like something from a horror movie. And I just gave your house a name. I'm so sorry. You will never listen to this podcast. I will never speak to you again. But thanks, uh, Balloon Bungalow. Thanks all the same. Balloon Bungalow. It really makes me think about how simple happiness can be, or more to the point, how simple it should be. Doesn't cost me a penny to jog past Balloon Bungalow. I don't need an online basket or a loyalty card to enjoy it. It's free and it's real. We all know that it's the anticipation that makes you want something, and as soon as you buy it, it feels like an anticlimax. Balloon Bungalow isn't like that. I get excited before I see it, and then the thought of it makes me happy during the day. I can be in work and having to sit through an argument with a customer when I feel the rage build up inside me. I think of an inflatable Donald Trump being forced into the boot of a Corsa, and I feel much happier immediately. I can almost feel some kind of peace. Another story. uh, (laughs) I'm in in the mood for, for stories, so it's, you know... We the, the roads are clear on the Megabus tonight, so this uh, we're having a good chat. Um, another story. Oh, how many times do you want to say the word another? Like you got shares in it, you got shares in the word another, Jimmy. Have you? Anyway, right. Story number two, I guess. No, let's 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 use the word another. I like the word another. It's nice. Another. Anyway, another story that reminds me about how keeping things simple can often lead to the best kind of happiness is one that involves a lovely gentleman named Tom. We used to drive and look after my old band for a bit. We were sat at some gate in an airport somewhere in Europe after a tour. Um, I got a feeling it was Croatia, but you know what? (laughs) Back then I drank so much, I really can't remember the finer details. But we were in an airport anyway, and I was hungover. Tom asked me to pick my dream band, and I could choose members who were either dead or alive. I think this is one of his favourite games. Uh, and I, do you know what? I have no idea now who's in my band. I'll try and work it out. So if you want to know, tweet me, send me an email, send me a postcard, send me a box of chocolates. Just, I'll, I'll work it out. If you want me to tell you who's in my dream band, I'll work it out. I'll sit down and I'll think about it. But right now, I can't remember. Anyway, so Tom picked his band, right? Um, and I think it was a typical band for a lover of traditional rock and roll, okay? <laughs> He's the kind of guy who would, like, he'd lean against a pool table in a bar just to talk to you. He's he's probably got a pair of cowboy boots in his attic. So I'm guessing he had like the guy from Led Zeppelin on drums, someone who isn't Hendrix on lead guitar because he's edgy like that. Uh, and I'm I think it was the dead bassist from the Who on bass. What else would you have the the bassist from the Who doing? Well, apart from like finishing off some unwanted cocaine you have lying around, I guess. Anyway, I think that his band was pretty standard, right? It's pretty standard what, what you'd expect from a guy who, who would look good with a moustache. Uh, but there were two there were two bits I remember from his dream band. He had Paul Rogers on vocals. I think that's his name. Probably should have Googled this before. I get I think that's his name. From the band Free and I think he sings with Queen now. Anyway, he had him on vocals and he had Andy Fairweatherlow on rhythm guitar, right? 
And this is the best bit. <laughs> this is the best bit. This is Tom's balloon bungalow moment. He said to me, I, like, I, I think I questioned him, like, oh, Andy Fairweather, low on rhythm guitar. That's, that's interesting. There's, there's probably like more famous rhythm guitarists you could have gone for. And he said, Andy Fairweather, low is perfect on rhythm guitar because he's a good singer. And if something happens to Paul Rogers, he could step in and be the lead vocalist. <laughs> I was like, Tom, I've got dead people in my band. What do you mean if something happens to Paul Rogers? What's going to happen to him? Like, I've got the dead guys in my band, Tom. What are you on about? And he said, you know, if, if Paul Rogers, if he loses his voice after too many gigs. I'm like, Tom, this is an imaginary band. What, what gigs are you playing? And, you know, we, the conversation went like that for a while. And he said, look, if Paul Rogers, there's something wrong with him. Andy Fairweatherlow can step up, play rhythm guitar and sing. <laughs> so I pretty much laughed all the way back. From Croatia to Wales, and yeah, I think it. But I think there's something important in there, and I think really do think this is Tom's balloon bungalow moment. I think it's important to have like utility performer, even if it's in a dream band, because you never know what's going to happen in your dreams. And that's it, isn't it? You know, Tom was right. Tom was right because. You never know what's going to happen, not only in your dreams, but also in real life. And I find myself thinking about Tom's dream band a lot at the moment, particularly when I'm out running. And it seems to me that's not only an example, like, well, it's a pretty bizarre example, but, you know, it's not only an example of how to deal with uncertainty, but like Balloon Bungalow, it's also an example of simple happiness and about getting as much pleasure as possible with what's already at hand, making the most of what you've got, you know, that kind of happiness, not not lust or longing, but real happiness. By being practical with the limitless world of dream bands, Tom was living in a house with no upstairs. He wasn't being greedy. He could have picked any band he could imagine, but he chose to add a bit of reality to it. And that, to me, is what happiness is all about. It's not about setting yourself ridiculous standards as to what you think happiness really is. It's not, you know, a happiness based on what you see online or what you imagine will make other people happy. It's being comfortable with your own type of happiness. I mean, most people, when they play the game of picking a dream band, they usually try and impress the other person by assembling this Avengers-like squad of talented people. Tom, though, he didn't give a shit what I thought as I sat there hungover and smelly. He just did not care. He knew what he liked and that was good enough for him. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the dream of managing a band so that his rhythm guitarist can step in to replace the lead singer at the last minute is his ultimate fantasy. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, if that ever happened in some weird parallel world where there's like infinite chances of anything happening, if in that, you know, limitless pool of dream bands, Tom has to step up and put a rhythm guitarist to sing, he's he's taking control of a situation, isn't he? He's put limits on the limitless and that's not an easy thing to do. And I think... I don't, I don't, I think there's something in there, I think there's something in there, and I think that's what life is like for us at the moment, we we were living this world that, you know, if it seemed like infinite possibilities, if I wanted something I could go out and buy, if I wanted to do something I could go, I could just go down the road, I could walk to the pub and do that, and you've had all these freedoms taken away, and I, I just think it's, it's just a little bit like Tom's band. I think it's a little bit like a dream band with a great rhythm guitarist who can sing. Um, you know, we've all had these races cancelled and now is not the time to roll out a ghost Bob Marley or a phantom John Lennon. Now is the time to look at what we're good at and then ask ourselves, can we do better? Are we good enough to sing in Tom's dream band? Mm-hmm.
does that make sense? I I hope that makes sense. I I'm looking at myself in the mirror on the megabus as I'm cruising down the motorway with my my arm hanging out the window, just thinking, does that thing I just said about Tom's band make any sense? <laughs> I think what I was trying to say is it's important when faced with like an unlimited amount of choices which all seem appealing and amazing and like the right one i think it's important to be practical and i think it's also important to be realistic <laughs> that was what i was trying to say and what's this got to do with running this is a running podcast and i haven't talked about running much um well i, wa- I was watching breaking two the other day on disney plus or netflix for kids or whatever it's called and kipchoge says this beautiful thing oh breaking two by the way is about their first attempt to go under two hours of the marathon. And Kipchoge says this amazing thing about being free because he's got a simple life. Uh, and that's certainly something I'm learning at the moment. I'm not working. I only pop up for the essentials. You know, my wife does a shopping list. And <laughs> this is true. This is true, right? I'll, this is true. Um, she gave me a shopping list the other day and she wrote on the shopping list what I shouldn't buy instead of what I should buy. That is the kind of world we're living in now. We're trimming the fat off life. And we live in a leaner existence. We've gone from being stuffed sausages to built on. So, like I mentioned earlier with Tom and his dream band, we're experiencing what it's like to put limits on the limitless. And in Breaking 2, I think that's Kipchoge has nailed down. He says, you know, he keeps he says a few times throughout here that no human is limitless. But at the same time, he knows what he has to do to be happy. He knows that he has to be happy as well to be free. And this is him kind of like... I guess you maybe you could argue I'm using the words limit strong. Maybe I mean like initial kind of like parameters or information to, to start the journey to become a better you. But this is where I think this is what sets Kipchoge apart from the other runners. He he knows something. He knows like what to build his success on. And he knows that has to be like simplicity. And then simplicity will lead to a happiness. And then obviously that you, you can see him when he's running. Like that guy just doesn't look troubled. He looks so relaxed and... I don't know, it's just, it was just beautiful hearing him say that. I guess like, lots of people say that kind of stuff, but just knowing what that guy has done, looking at the way he runs, the smile that's always on his face, hearing him say that like, he, he loves to have a simple life because simple simplicity makes him happy and that's what helps him run. It's just, it was just brilliant and I just wanted to talk about that really. Um, and I don't know, it's like, I don't know, it's like, what we have to think is like when people say oh like my potential is limitless it's it's too tempting to think that limitless is like this massive thing and it just goes on forever i think what you have to realize is that to be limitless does not it doesn't mean you have to be big like for example take the 27 miler that i did round a kilometer loop that was a much bigger run done than on a small course you see people do marathons in their garden at the moment so I think there's this interesting mix coming in now between achieving great things but also working on a small scale scale. And like Kipchoge nails that, I think Tom has nailed that with his dream band. I think Balloon Bungalow is totally nailing that. Like, how can that house with a few helium balloons in it just make me feel so happy? So um without the initial formula in Kipchoge's case of happiness, you know, with without knowing what we need, it would be like an apple saying it's limitless. Um, whilst at the same time refusing to grow on trees because like a world full of apples but no trees wouldn't last very long would it so i know this all might sound a bit silly but imagine right imagine you didn't know you had to be happy to run well and 
I, as I was thinking that, I thought, did I even, like, I know like, happiness is good for you, but did I really know that I had to be happy to run well? I, do you know what I mean? Like, is, had I even stopped to think about that? I mean, lots of us know what our, our ideal VO2 max would be or how fast we should be running in time trials, but do we know that we should be happy? Like, how many of us factor that into our training? There's nowhere on Strava that mentions your happiness, and I think now is an ideal time to find that inner joy when you're out running um, and just knowing what you need, know what you need. And I think that is really important. And I think that is like my wife putting on a shopping list, what I don't need to buy in a shop. I think just at the moment we are learning to trim things down. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it's, you know, it's truly terrifying time we're living through at the moment and like the news every day is horrific. The queen has even zipped up her lizard suit and spoke to us and, you know, but you know, we worried about people, and we worried about not only people we love, but people we don't know, and we have every right to be worried. But unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do with our worry. Instead, I think you know, as well as helping others, we should look at the things we can take from this, things that we can pack away deep inside ourselves, and then use when we're on the other side. You know, like almost see this as a chance for a jailbreak, while the Watchtower spotlight is is pointing at something else. Imagine that your life before this was a was a kind of prison and picture yourself crawling through a long underground tunnel to freedom, shoveling dirt out the way with a spoon you've stolen from the canteen and pack what is necessary to make your life on the other side of this tragedy more meaningful. For me, my essential item is a discovery I've made that I used to crave too much. I'm learning that by not craving things, I'm finding some kind of freedom. I feel free from the need to have to get dressed every morning. I feel free from the vending machine in work. I feel free from deep-filled sandwiches. I feel free from late-night Amazon shopping. I feel free from wanting new running kit. I feel free from racing people at traffic lights. I'm, I basically, I feel free from greed and the hunger to progress quickly. So I, I'm not saying I'm a totally new person. No, I'm not. I'm, I just feel like I understand what Kipjogi says about living a simple life being the key to happiness and happiness being the key to success. I sometimes feel like the rhythm guitarist that learned to sing and the bloom bungalow that transformed the street. Well, that was quite fitting. I did a big spiel about not being greedy anymore and I just ate half a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you, you talk a lot of sense but then you're... you're taste buds take over anyway let's have a look at my running this week i'm sorry i'm not going to do questions and answers today i'm going to do that next week i just feel like i've packed a lot in again because you know these are times for thinking long and hard which is what i'm doing at the moment so i i just want to get my ideas down sorry if they don't make a lot of sense um please let me know like if you want me to talk about stuff further in the next episode i guess i will uh so let's look at my running this week okay because like I think I already touched on it a little bit because I did that episode quite recently, the last one. So I'd already done a bit of running and I said about how I turned the corner by becoming aware that negative thoughts I can't, shouldn't really control my emotions. Like my thoughts and emotions are separate things. And I really feel like I've had a really good week of running and it's kind of crazy. I believe I did 89 kilometers, right? And I honestly think that's the furthest I've ever run. Uh, I'm on Strava now, and I let's have a quick scan. I don't think I've ever run 89 kilometers in a week. That's a lot for me. I know lots of people do more, but for me, 89 kilometers is an awful lot. I think I'm just going through it now. Uh, 
I did like a few 70s last year. Um, yeah, nowhere near. Oh, an 81 in March last year. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a been a big week of running for me, which is you know, kind of having all this time off has been has been a bit of a blessing for the running, but. I don't know. Don't be selfish, it? Like I said last week, don't be a selfish idiot. So well, let's. I just talk to my trainer, okay? While I've got Strava in front of me, maybe maybe this is something I can do quite regularly because I know people do like to talk about running as well as other bizarre stuff that comes out my mouth. So um, on Monday, I did like a fifty-five minute jog, and I did six times four hundred meters with six hundred meter recovery. That was up the path of Doom and Clanley, nice and early. Nobody was around. Uh, Tuesday. By the way, that's I like doing that kind of run where it's nice and easy, and you break up into faster efforts. And the the six hundred hard, I'm no sorry, the four hundred hard, six hundred easy just feels like a nice ratio, I guess if you want to call it a ratio. It feels like a nice mix for me. I enjoy that. Uh, Tuesday, I did that ten kilometer tempo in thirty seven minutes. Um, Wednesday, then I did a five k. Usually, I would have had like a rest day then, but because you know, because I just got all this time and the government are allowing us to go out for one bit of exercise a day. I thought I'd use it, so I did a nice, easy five kilometers in half an hour. Like, that's, that's super chilled for me. It was nice. Um, on the Thursday, I did 70 minutes. So sometimes I mix it up, like I have a distance in mind. Other times I have a time in mind. So I just did, I wanted to do 70 minutes. I just, no reason why. I just woke up and I thought, today's the day for running 70 minutes. So that's what I did. I did a 70 minute run. Um, and then on Friday, this was a good one. This was crazy. I hadn't planned to do this when I left the house. I planned to do the first part of it, uh, which was a 20-minute warm-up and then seven times one-minute uh, reps with a two-minute recovery, kind of all uphill up the path of Doom again. It's like a gradual climb for a good... I think the climb goes on for over 10 miles. Um, so I did I did that session up there seven times a minute with two minutes recovery. I was running about three minutes per kilometer pace and I kept overtaking the same guy for ages who was just doing a nice steady jog and I kept overtaking him on my fast bits then he would go past me on my recovery so that was a bit weird. I didn't want to talk to him though because I didn't want to like spit in his face or something. I don't know, you might do. Um, and then so immediately after that session I, had, I think I had like two or three minute recovery. Um, I ran a five kilometer tempo downhill, 18 minutes and I felt nice and easy. Uh, and then Saturday, I've just called it Zen. So I guess I must have been relaxed. It was a nice 10 kilometer run. And then Sunday, I called it Balloon Bungalow. My run on Strava, I named it Balloon Bungalow. And that was a nice 18 kilometer run in one hour 25. So that is the biggest week I've ever done. I don't think I ever run that kind of distance when I was a track athlete. And I think it's down to the fact that I didn't take a day off that helped. And just, yeah, just like not having to run before work or rushing to get done um, when when my wife gets home. So there we are. It's been a good week's training. I don't really know what I'm training for. I just, I well, I guess I'm training to burn off that Ben and Jerry's I just had. So there we go. Um, the week before was a bit weird. And yeah, I don't want to. Um, well, we're talking about this week now, aren't we? So it's all looking good. Uh, I'm getting Fit, uh, I'm kind of maintaining a good weight and I am loving the like massage ball for the bottom of my foot. That is doing wonders for the pain I've had there for over a year. So that is it. This episode is called Balloon Bungalow, as you might have guessed. I'm gonna leave you with a song called Balloon Bungalow. And just just like just to recap, right? It's about this episode is about finding the happiness that's already inside you, okay? Not having to buy in happiness 
to make you feel good. It's, you, you already feel good. You're amazing as you are. You're a human being. What you're capable of doing, so much amazing stuff. Just know what makes you tick. Just know what makes you work. Don't forget to be happy. And if you ever see a balloon bungalow, say hello. Balloon bungalow.